intelligent black people. And uh, today we're here to talk about LeBron James, uh, King James. Uh, LeBron has just passed yet another amazing milestone. Um, you know, Tom Brady is the GOAT to some people. Michael Jordan's the GOAT to other people. Maybe some people is Wilt Chamberlain. Some people it's uh, By, uh, 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 Russell, what, what, um, Bill Russell. Bill Russell. <laughs> right, Bill Russell. Thank you. But but LeBron, is, is it seems he's like he's the GOAT when it comes to mixing uh, business with sports, uh, right up there with Jordan anyway and a, and a few others. And so uh, LeBron just passed a billion dollars in career earnings, according to a lot of national publications. Uh, and uh, to break this down, um, I, I got a chance to talk to my good friend, Jeff Lighty Jr. from Ball Sports. Uh, what's going on, Jeff? How you doing today, man? Pretty good. How about yourself, Dr. Boyce? <laughs> doing very well, man. Doing very well. So uh, so tell me uh, what's going on with LeBron James. So with LeBron, like you said, he's passed the $1 billion mark. Uh, for career earnings and he's in a rare air right like he's done something that really hasn't been done in team sports history what i mean by that is that yes there are guys like you mentioned michael jordan and even uh, the junior bridgmans and the magic johnsons of the world who have passed like who've made a bunch of money right like a whole bunch of money but most of their money came after they were done playing basketball like like mm -hmm. i said junior bridgman might be the second most you know, wealthiest former NBA player a lot of people don't even know about, but he made all of his money you know, investing in Wendy's as a startup company, and now obviously we know Wendy's is a national brand. Michael Jordan made all of his money from his shoe deal. That Most of that was accumulated after he was done playing basketball. Magic Johnson had all the different businesses and the Magic Johnson theaters and all of that stuff, so he made hundreds of millions of dollars after, once again, he was done playing basketball. But there's only a rare few amount of people in sports history who made over a billion dollars in earnings while currently being active. You got Tiger Woods, Floyd Mayweather, and now you got LeBron James. But the biggest difference between the Tiger Woods and the Floyd Mayweathers is the fact that they played individual sports, right? Like it was them versus everybody else. It was Floyd against his opponent. It was Tiger Woods against the guys on the PGA Tour. And so there was no shared spotlight. But when you're LeBron James, you play a game of basketball that ultimately depends on your teammates. Right. Like you can't, as we've known, LeBron James can't win every game because it's dependent on other guys. And so to be able to elevate yourself to the point to where you can make that much money in a team sport is just unfathomable. Right. Like it's almost mm -hmm. like it, it, it had never been done. I mean, think about it. Michael Jordan is the biggest star of stars and he didn't do it. Right. And granted, it was a different era and it was a different thing in different times. But at the same time. LeBron's the only team sport player in American, now American team sports. The international soccer stars are different. The Ronaldos and the Messis, they're in a different playing field. They're a global game. But basketball's kind of global, but it's mainly here in North America. So that's why what he's done is so rare. And what's made it even more special is that less than half of the earnings come from the NBA. About 30% of the earnings of his a billion dollar empire actually comes from the NBA. So about 300 million, which is a large number, right? Like it's a huge number, comes from the NBA. But 700 million of this, if we just use 1 billion as a round number, 700 million of the $1 billion actually comes from his investments outside of basketball. That's what makes it so uh, so remarkable, so relevant. I think I did when I did the story, I said LeBron James makes a billion dollars from investing, not basketball. So think about it, his investments, his endorsements, and what he's been able to do with his basketball salary and essentially flip it, you know, a couple times is what's so amazing about this. And it's just, like I said, he's the first to ever do it in team sports history. 
And now, and obviously, most of that money came from outside of the actual basketball court. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. So uh, let's do a slow clap for LeBron James. Let's do a digital round of applause. <laughs> Very good, King James. Very good. LeBron is a uh, is such an awesome athlete in my mind because when you see guys like uh, LeBron James, um, maybe Michael Jordan, um, the old Tiger Woods, the pre-2009 Tiger Woods, before that white lady drove him crazy. Um, and, uh, and, and and even a Tom Brady, if you want to throw a white guy in there. You know, you, you all almost so, so impressed and, and just amazed by not just their athletic ability, but what's going on up here. The, the focus, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't understand just how much pressure is on these guys. You know, uh, just, just getting to the NBA is really, really hard. I mean, I, you know, we, we've seen people give their whole, dedicate their whole life to try to make it to the NBA and can't even get on the bench. Absolutely. Right? Can't, can't even make it to the, <laughs> the G League. Right? You get to the G League. Is it the G League? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's the G League, yeah. The G, yeah, you get to the G League and there are guys there who can do amazing things in the G League. They're not even good enough to get on the bench in the main league. I, I mean, it's crazy. And then for him to rise, and, and again, this happened at an early age. Yeah. LeBron had composure at an early age. He was 16. And I was like, this kid's mind is so centered. You know, Tiger had that too, actually, with his, with his father. I, I don't yeah. know what it, he just, I guess, had some little issues on the side. But, but, uh, but, but there's something there, right? There's something to be said about that mental toughness. Or, or, or again, you flip over to football. You look at what Brady just did at 43 years old. You can't really do those things if you're a regular person who gets rattled yeah. easily, right? Yeah. You have to have a type of focus that, um, that you know, and, and a type of focus and intensity that allows you to be successful at everything. That's yeah. the point. And so the story I'll share with you is um, I remember one time when I was teaching at Syracuse, there was this guy who was in my class, and it was an all-white class, and I had one black student, and the black student was on the football team. He was an all-conference, all-Big East wide receiver, and he literally on every test – would get like the worst grade in the class. <laughs> and I would see him on TV on Saturdays, catching touchdown passes and getting all these accolades. But yet he, you know, my, on my every test, I'd be like, man, this sucks. The black man is, has the lowest grade in the entire class. Not the second lowest, the lowest. So he came to my office one time and I said, he said, he said, yeah, man, you know, your, your class is kind of hard. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I said, what you do is hard. I said, you go out every weekend and you play in front of millions of people on TV, 80,000 people in the stands, a million watching on TV, and you're playing against some of the best athletes in the country, and you dominate the best athletes in the country every single week on national TV, and you play football and you memorize playbooks that are this thick. right? I, I said, do you know why I couldn't play middle school football? The reason I almost got kicked off my sixth grade team he said, why? I said, because I couldn't pay attention long enough to learn the plays. <laughs> so, because my coach put me in the game and he said, he, he, and I was a running back. I was the backup running back because I was pretty fast. And he said, all right, everybody run a 44 blast. And, and so the quarterback said, I said, I was like, shit, what's a 44 blast? <laughs> quarterback said, hey, everybody went right. I ran to the left. <laughs> like, like, I literally could not learn the plays. Maybe I could have learned it if I concentrated. But my point is to say, and I said to him, I said, I don't understand how you could be a genius on the field and become an idiot in my class. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand how you could be great at one thing and terrible at another. 
Um, I, I believe that if you put one tenth of the effort into this that you put into football, uh, you could actually get the highest grade in the class. And and I, whatever I said must have made a difference because literally on the next test he made an eighty nine. I was very proud of him. And, and the point of that whole conversation was, you know, that that what I admire about a Michael Jordan or LeBron James and some of the other guys that are doing it too, Shaquille O'Neal, a lot of them are, do, are doing this now, is that they understand that that the greatness of the black male is not just something that should be confined to a basketball court or a football field. You know, the same competitive drive that led Michael Jordan to dominate the greatest athletes on the planet. I mean, he was the alpha among alphas. Like he, yeah. he would play in, you know, he would, there were, there were stories about how he would train for the Olympics with the other Olympians, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and dominate the other Olympians, right? That same drive and determination it takes to do things like that is exactly what you need to be successful in everything that you do. And I know this well, because I was an athlete. I, I did a little bit better at things like track and stuff like that. And I was captain of my track team. And, I, and it was through sports I learned hard work and dedication and focus and intensity and bouncing back from your setbacks, you know, learn yeah. how to turn a loss into a lesson. You know, all these things you learn in sports, that, that's exactly what you need to compete in the game of life. So what these guys, what, what LeBron is doing um, in his life is really impressive to me because this is the beginning for him. This is not, you know, I, he, you know he, he's going to he's gonna do so many great things in his life, I predict, that him playing basketball will be, will be like an afterthought. It'll be like how people kind of remember that Ronald Reagan was an actor before he became president of the, of the United States. I think yeah. he's going to be that great. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on LeBron and, and just any of that, Jeff? No, that's absolutely right because you got to think. I mentioned Jordan and Magic and Junior, and you even talked about Shaq and all this stuff. Like I said, they made a bunch of money once they were done playing basketball because at the at the end of the day, yeah, we'll remember LeBron James as a basketball player because he's that great. Like he he did that many things. But when it comes to when when we look up in ten or twenty years and he's worth two or three billion or four or five billion dollars, that's not going to be from playing basketball. It's going to be from everything he's done after playing basketball, right? Like when the fact that Michael Jordan's worth over a billion dollars, he didn't make a quarter of that, a penny of that playing basketball, right? Like Michael Jordan might have earned a hundred million dollars playing basketball, maybe, and he got most of that in his last two years with the Bulls, right? You know, he got about 60, 60 million, 70 million his last couple of years with the Bulls, but the man's worth like probably closer to two billion dollars now. So think about it, 60 million to two billion, that's because your energy and the way, like you said, the way that you're able to dominate court, the basketball court, now you're just dominating the boardroom. Now you're just dominating the stock market. Now you're just dominating like your business uh, ventures, right? Like that, like basketball, honestly, for, for those men, Magic and Jordan in particular, honestly took them away from money, right? <laughs> like when it comes mm, to just accumulating mm. wealth, because when you think about it, they made all of their money once they were done playing basketball. Magic Johnson is probably worth like $600, $700 million right now. And his best contract, like the big contract he signed, was for 25 years, $25 million with the Lakers. The Lakers wanted to make him a Laker for life. So they signed him to a 25-year contract, but it was only worth $25 million. So how in the hell do you flip 25? And he didn't play the full 25 years, obviously. So how do you flip $25 million, let's say, to $700 million? You don't do that from dribbling a ball. You do that from everything else. And so that's why when LeBron James ultimately will be worth so much money, it's because he will not be distracted with basketball. So he was like, man, you make $300 million, you call that a distraction. Well, yeah, it is. When you're at the same time, you accumulate $700 million doing everything else. 
And that's exactly what the greats did. And, and, and I think that's why LeBron James' legacy will be worth so much more than just basketball. And that's how, why us, uh, just as individuals, someone who may not ever sniff $300 million, can use that same strategy to apply to your life. Right. Like you might not make three hundred million dollars, but say if you make thirty thousand, forty thousand, there's no reason why you can't flip your money. Right. Like you can't make double that outside of your job or outside of your small business or outside of, you know what I mean? Like it's the same rules apply. Right. You might not be getting a sponsorship from Pepsi or Coca-Cola, but the Pepsi and Coca-Cola stocks pay dividends. Right. Like, or, or you know what I mean? The Nike or Under Armour might not be paying you to wear their brands, but you can get paid by buying their brands or buying their company. It's the same, all the same rules apply, right? Like you might not be playing with the same amount of money that LeBron James is playing with, but whatever money that you're making, you can do the exact same thing. And that's, I think that's the ultimate lesson to learn from LeBron James to see that the NBA don't pay his bills. He pays his bills by being smart with his investments. All right, everybody. Uh, if you just came in, I'm talking with Jeff Lightsey Jr. from the Black Boss Channel. And uh, you can follow Jeff at jlightsey 7 He's really smart. He knows a lot about sports. And uh, also, uh, follow the BlackBossChannel.com uh, if you're into what black men have to say. Uh, they talk about sports, politics, uh, stocks, everything else. And uh, also on my Twitch channel. My Twitch handle is Bo Watkin, B-O-W-A-T-K-I-N. I actually do some stuff on Twitch as well. We're on, we're on pretty much all the platforms. But uh, if you can't find it that way, you can also go to DrBoysTwitch.com. You can find it there. Uh, that's where – I don't know if you know, Jeff. I don't know if you've seen where I, – I play Call of Duty, and I like to – like. You <laughs> I know, was watching the other day. You was getting killed, man. You, yeah, you I, was, I, was, I was, like, getting blown away every other play. But but I'm going to keep practicing. I'm going to get better. Eventually, I'm going to nail it. Uh, but anyway, but, yeah, so I play video games with my kids, and also we talk, we talk shit, talk stocks, just have fun stuff like that. And uh, so if you want to follow me on Twitch, feel free to do that. Um, all right. So and, and hit the thumbs up button. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button, please do that. So, you know, what I, what I really think that that what's, what's really going on here is athletes are, um, you know, they've evolved uh, through time where they they understand that, you know, that the, the paycheck that you're receiving is not your greatest, um, the greatest representation of your value. And that's true for really anybody. Uh, that's why, you know, for example, a lot of the people I talk to in the Black Wealth Bootcamp, stuff like that, what we're really talking about is saying, look, the reason that they're paying you for, to do that job is because they're basically drilling for oil in your backyard. You know, it's like if you own property and you've got oil in the back in the backyard of your property. Imagine that. Imagine so an oil uh, refinery or an oil company will come to your house and say, hey, we'll pay you, you know, half a million dollars a year if you let us drill in your backyard. Well, if they're if they're giving you half a million dollars a year, unfortunately, in many cases, that means that they might be extracting five or ten million a year. Out of, and giving you half a million. Now, that doesn't mean it's a bad deal necessarily. I mean, I don't think athletes at all are getting a bad deal. I, I think, I think especially NBA players, they, they, do, they do okay. I don't, I don't yeah. think it's a terrible, it's not, yeah. it's not a terrible life, right? <laughs> but, uh, but, but really, um, the, where you get that real value is when you learn how to drill for that, that oil yourself, right? Yeah. Or also, the other thing too is that, um, uh, a lot of the way that we're duped in terms of how to make money in America is that from an early age, we're taught that. The way to make money is through labor and to trade your time for money. And uh, and so basically you're, you're trained to sort of work hard and do your best and go to school and then you can make more money and make a higher income. And so your dream is like, OK, I want to be a lawyer making four hundred dollars an hour, et cetera. And that's all good. But what happens is I know a lot of those four hundred, five hundred dollar an hour lawyers. And what happens is they get drained. They get to the point where uh, in economics, we call this the point of diminishing returns where you're no longer excited because you got a big paycheck. You're exhausted because you're working 80 hours a week. 
You, your, your quality of life sucks because you can't spend time with your wife, can't spend time with your kids. Your kids hate your guts because you're working all the time. And you're like, but I went out and I got all this for you. And they're like, F you. Like, we didn't want money. We wanted your time, right? But you're like, but I ain't got no time. Exactly, right? So then you realize, wait a minute, you peek behind uh, curtain number three, right? Because curtain, curtain number one is the good job, right? Curtain number two is where you actually learn how to do things like run a business, where you're actually telling people what to do and delegating and running the company. And, and then that's really great because then you're making really big money. You work less, but you're still working a lot and your, your wealth just kind of goes insane. But then the door number three is when you get to where LeBron has gotten to, where LeBron is going to get to the point where just like an Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, people like that can make millions of dollars a week without even getting out of bed. Like they just literally, they own assets. They own, you know, he he'll, he'll have so much stock that he'll just have, you know, billion, uh, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in stock that he can go and, and just take a little piece of that and do whatever he wants. Right. He'll have his yacht and his, you know, all his uh, his yacht, his mansion, all these other things. And they'll all be business expenses. And it'll just be a bunch of assets that he's managing where literally going to work is optional. He'll go to work if he wants to, but he'll never, ever have to do that again. So. I encourage people to look behind door number three because you don't have to be rich to get to that point. I know people that have an income of, say, less than $100,000 a year who, who don't work for that money, right? And, and that's the funny thing about America is that the people that make the most money are the ones who work the least. The ones who work the most pay all the taxes and they do all the work. <laughs> and they're doing work on behalf of the people who are at the top of the food chain. And what and the, the distinguishing factor is, did you take the time to understand how the game works? Uh, and, and so that's where... Uh, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Jeff, or you can share a perspective on what I just said. But that's where training comes into play. Um, you know, LeBron is a great basketball player, one of the best in the world, because he practices. Right? LeBron would not be an NBA player if he did not practice basketball on a regular basis. Well, the same thing is true when you talk about playing the, the playing the game of global economics. Uh, if you want to be good at that game, you got to practice. And the average millionaire spends twenty to thirty hours a month studying wealth, studying money, studying investing, studying real estate, studying uh, business, just studying how to make money, right? And the average person only spends about two hours a month. So if, if somebody else, if you're sitting down and you're trying to do a deal with someone who's much more trained than you, who's uh, practiced much more than you, then you're probably not, you're probably going to get the short end of that deal. It's like trying to play basketball against a guy who's in the gym eight hours a day, and you ain't been to the gym in six months, well, how the hell you think you're going to win that game? You're not going to win. So what, what are your thoughts, Jeff? Give, give me some thoughts on no, that. No, it's, it's absolutely right. And there's so many different avenues that you can get to that point, right? Like, so LeBron, uh, you know, coming to the NBA straight out of high school, may not have thought about that. But he had a guy on his team that was willing to do that. And his name was, his name was Maverick Carter. I don't know if you guys know that story of Maverick Carter, but Maverick Carter is LeBron James' number one go-to guy, business partner. Right. Like Maverick Carter is probably worth between 50 and 60 million dollars and has never dribbled a basketball in the NBA a day in his life. Right. Like Maverick Carter is probably around six foot or six foot something. Right. Like like not an NBA height. Right. But Maverick Carter is like a genius. Right. Like he is a deal maker is what they call him. And so he is the one that puts in those hours and hours with LeBron and right by himself, right by his side and is the one who helps him facilitate facilitate and orchestrate those deals. And that's why Maverick Carter is worth probably about $60 million and never touched a basketball day in his life as far as on the NBA level. 
And so that's what, like I said, and there's ways to get to that point. You don't have to know everything, but their information is out there. There's things like the black business schools and Dr. Boyce and different avenues that you can take to get you to that point. And that's what it took for LeBron. It took for him to get a guy like Maverick Card on his team, teach him about the business of different uh, venues, whether it's Nike, Blaze Pizza, investing in startup companies, investing in the stock market, doing these different types of investments. And that way it pays him. Right. That's why you're able to double your NBA salary in the market during the same time span. That's why you're able to make you know 30 percent of your income of your net or your earnings is only from your job. Right. Only 30 percent. The other 70 percent is, is made from your assets, endorsements, investments. Right. So that's why you're able to do that when you have a good business strategy, you have good business people around you and you're able to take that mindset the way that you dominate the court. You're able to dominate the boardroom. And it's the exact same strategy. And that's why it's beautiful to see because it's so applicable to everyone. It's not, they don't have to just end with LeBron James. It's literally applicable to every single person that makes 20, 30, 40,000 a year, or whatever. You can double that with investments. It's that simple. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's really the key, everybody. Uh, it's ownership. You got to own things, own stuff. Um, that, that needs ownership needs to be part of our culture. Also, financial literacy needs to become part of our culture. Just knowing where the money's at, uh, where the value is at, where the wealth is at, and so uh, I congratulate LeBron James on surpassing a billion dollars in earnings. I think that's really awesome. I'm not surprised in one bit. Um, so I, you know, I enjoy watching him play, and I enjoy watching him, you know, watching him really play the real game, which is the game of economics. Now, the last piece I, I'm looking for is uh, LeBron. If you're listening, I'm looking for y'all to get together and start a sports league. I'm sick and damn tired of y'all getting mad because the white man ain't treating y'all right. Well, you know, it's not fair. Did you see Draymond Green? He was yeah, talking about yeah, how they, yeah. we, we, we treat it so bad. This ain't right. This ain't okay. I get that. But when you go into another man's house, then that he's that man's gonna treat you the way he wanna treat you. You know, if, if you can't build a house, then you need to sit down and shut up. Seriously. Uh, you know, or you could you could try to fight the master in his own house, but you ain't usually gonna win that fight. Uh remember the Chicago Bears were purchased for a hundred dollars, I think. Uh, it, or it was either 100 or 500. I believe it was $100. The Bears are now worth over $3 billion. This is two generations later, not that long. I think it was less than 100, about exactly 100 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. The Bears were purchased for $100. Now they're worth $3 billion. That's because the people that started the league had enough vision to say, we're going to create our, we're gonna create our own. Owning something of our own is important enough that we're going to go ahead and plant this seed. It was $100. It wasn't a trillion dollars. It was $100. We're going to plant this seed and we're going to build it to the best of our ability and see what happens. A lot of times doing big things ain't just about having the skill set to do it. It's about being a big enough thinker to do it. I'd rather be a I'd rather be a big thinker with average intelligence and average resources than to be a small thinker with extraordinary intelligence and extraordinary resources. In our community, we have a lot of very intelligent, small thinkers. We have a lot of PhDs that can change the world who are sitting in their offices quietly writing research papers that nobody's ever going to read. Uh, we have multi-million dollar, billion dollar athletes, eventually billion dollar athletes who still somehow think that even though you made $100 million last year, you still got to sit down and take orders from somebody. What is what what is going through your mind that makes you think you got to listen to anybody? You making that kind of money, you ain't got to listen to nobody if you don't want to. You're just choosing to do that. So, so that same courage that we see uh, from some of the white guys out here, the Elon Musk types, et cetera. Elon Musk is like, not only do I not give a fuck, but I'm going to build a ship and I'm going to go to Mars. 
it's not possible, but I'm going to figure out a way to do it, right? And I'm not saying we don't have people in our community that can do the same thing. I'm just saying that I believe we're, we're even better than that. And, I, and I'm just saying that these guys are sitting on collectively billions and billions of dollars with millions and millions of, of, of fans and followers and supporters that will buy tickets to anything that they create. Um, why is it that the only person I can think of who started a sports league, the only celebrity with a sports league, is Ice Cube? Ew, and I don't yeah. think Ice Cube is six feet tall. <laughs> no. He ain't never played no, from it, no. <laughs> Right. Ice Cube is about my height. Right. And from what I remember, they used to call him Doughboy. Right. Yeah. So I don't think he was I don't think he was a, a premier athlete. But you know what he is? He's a big thinker. He's a big thinker. He taught he told that story on actually on this platform. He's talking about when John Singleton, he did Boys in the Hood. And John Singleton said, look, there's not going to be any more roles like this in Hollywood. Yeah. That, that you, you're ever going to get. And so he said, well, you're going to have to write your own movie. So Ice Cube said, okay, I'm going to write, I'm gonna write a movie. The movie was called Friday. Friday is now a billion-dollar franchise. Uh, when he started NWA, there was no gangster rap being played on the radio. No. There was no radio. There's no record labels that were going to sign a group like that, right? But they signed themselves, right? So so just give at least give it up. I mean, you can critique it however we want to, right? But you got to at least give it up for the fact that these guys said, okay, we're going to create a pathway where there is none. These guys don't have it that hard. These guys are not, you know, young dudes out in the street without, without a pot to piss in. These men are sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars a year in resources. So the only thing stopping you is a lack of imagination. That is the only thing stopping you. A lack of imagination, a lack of courage, a lack of desire to manifest. And here's the thing. This is the last point I'll make on this. Jeff, I'll let you get the last word. Is that one of the things I truly believe about manhood and masculinity is that a man is supposed to have the ability to not just lead but to manifest you yeah. you're supposed to you're supposed to be an initiator where women naturally from what i've read women are naturally very good nurturers and supporters not that they can't manifest too but uh, but naturally they, they they tend to nurture and they'll they'll create or they'll support what what's what's already there but men are supposed to be the ones to be the initiators that's why when you meet a girl you're not supposed to wait for the girl to ask you out. I don't care what anybody says. You're supposed to go ask her out. You're supposed to initiate. If you don't initiate, tell me if you know if y'all know what I'm talking about. If you don't initiate, she will just sit there a lot of times quietly waiting for you to say the word. And some of y'all men are too scared to say the damn word. You don't have balls attached to your body. No, you're supposed to light the match, right? And she will follow your lead if you know where you're going. So I just want to see these guys, and I think that they're brilliant. I think that they're so extraordinary in what they do. I love the fact that they're growing and evolving and doing these great things. I want to see them manifest some shit that's going to elevate the whole community. I don't want to see them wearing Black Lives Matter apparel because George Soros created an organization that tells them what to wear. I want to see them say we created an organization that we manifested this and we're wearing our shirts that represent our organization. No disrespect to y'all, but we got our own thing. That's what I think people have to do, because here's the other thing, too. If LeBron's making billions and LeBron is taking care of his buddies, I think that's wonderful. But I would love to see LeBron create. Um, a company like a SpaceX or a Tesla type style company where you're employing hundreds of thousands of people. You know, Jeff Bezos employs 1.2 million people, if I'm not mistaken. I'd like to see something like that where you're doing something that's far bigger than just being like a guy that's doing well and hooking up your entourage. No disrespect to that. No disrespect to that at all. But I'm just telling you, there's a much, there's another level to this shit. And I want those guys to really reach that level of true economic power, the ability to transform a community. There's no way you can be a rapper or an athlete 
who's rapping about and bragging about how you came from the hood and you're supposed to be a powerful man and your hood has not evolved in a significant way due to your existence. If your hood that you come from, if you Jay-Z, you came from the Marcy Projects, you've been rapping about Marcy Projects for 40 years, we all know that, and Marcy Projects is still a project and, and still has not elevated because of your success, that says that something is missing. That is my two cents. I'm done. Jeff, please uh, give us the last word. No, so absolutely. So like how you said that the, the creating the leagues, and if that's what you want to do, it is totally possible. You talked about Ice Cube and the big three, and, and there's also the XFL, which is now owned by The Rock, right? So the two biggest, I guess, independently owned sports leagues are owned by entertainers, right? Like they did guys that never, well, The Rock has a little history in sports, right? He played college football, but Ice Cube has really no known history in sports. So we're talking about guys who took their own money. Rock, I think, spent $15 million. I don't know how much it took. I'm sure it might have took that much or even more to start the big three for Ice Cube. But now they own something of their own. And now they employ former athletes or, or, or in Ice Cube's Ice Cube's instance, former NBA players and the Rocks guys who either are on the cusp of making the NFL or who are used to play in the NFL, right? Like So guys that are athletic enough to play at that level. And, and you don't have to go in direct competition with the NBA or the NFL if you don't want to. The big three is played during the spring or during the summer when the NBA is done. The XFL will play be played during the spring when the NFL is done. So if you don't want to go head on with the, with the giant, right, like you don't want to be David versus Goliath, and I get it. But that, that option is still there. So it took two entertainers essentially to, to create their own sports league. So it, the, the fact to say that it's not possible, it is totally possible for those who want to do it. You can definitely come together. We've seen Ice Cube do it. Now we see The Rock doing it. And we've seen people do it throughout the history of time, whether it was Vince McMahon who created, who started the XFL, or the guys who bought the Chicago Bears and all those other startup teams in the NFL that are now worth billions and billions of dollars. So, yeah, it's definitely possible. You just have to want to be able to go do it. And if you do and you come together collectively, you def guys definitely have enough capital to make it happen. And you just have to you just have to have the imagination, like you said, to want to do something and pull something like that off. Well, the fun. Well, the, the funny thing is, like, we know it's possible because the white man already did it like a thousand times. Yeah. Right? So, so, I mean, just I mean, if you just really process that. Right. Yeah. Uh, we, we have to be cautious about what we could what could be defined as almost white supremacist thinking where literally there'll be something that white people do every, every other Tuesday, but we'll be like, no, that's not possible. Like, well, wait, why is it possible for him, but it ain't possible for you? Like, like you, you have more capital, more resources, more money, and all that stuff. No, right, yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if the way I see it is if he can do it, I can do it 10 times better, you know, and with, with, with 10, 10 times less resources. I mean, I, I personally think that overall, like, I, I think this is the beginning of us really digging digging into our greatness, and I, I and I think also uh, when you're measuring, you know, what it really means to have an impact. Um, I think the question becomes uh, one of scale. Uh, if I am a black man who goes out and I make a billion dollars or a hundred million dollars, I'm not talking about LeBron anymore. LeBron James is cool with me. I'm I'm really good with LeBron James. No complaints at all. Just thoughts and suggestions on how to process this. But I go out here and I make a lot of money. And then what am I going to do? I'm naturally going to take care of my family. I'm going to take care of a lot of friends, right? Uh, but but that but there's still another level to that. There's another level where you've created a process and a system where you're taking care of thousands of people that, or may, or better yet, engaging thousands of people with employment and opportunities who um are, who who are not six foot eight, two hundred forty pounds, right? Who didn't grow up with you in the hood, who don't even know you, 
Uh, these are people that come and work for your company, work for your factories, work for your car dealerships, work for your organization. And, and so that to me is, 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 is the big measuring stick. So, for example, I know a lot of people talk about LeBron in his school. And I think that's great. I love the fact that he built that school. I think that's wonderful. I don't know all the details of it, but it sounds like a great school. But one of the things you have to understand as black people, and this is very important, is that uh, the, the white man in America didn't get his power by building one great school. He got his power by industrialization. He built thousands of schools. Uh, if you go across this, this campus, you won't find one big, if you ever you go on college campuses, they're, they're always, even schools you've never heard of, have these big, beautiful campuses with these big, beautiful buildings. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Tell me if you know what I'm talking about. These campuses are so gorgeous because I'm going to all these campuses with our 17-year-old. And the, here's what's fascinating. There are hundreds of these schools across the United States. Uh, the way they won World War II was they didn't build, you know, the Germans could build one really good plane or maybe 20 really good planes. The Americans were building thousands of planes, right? They were building thousands of ships, thousands of tanks, millions of bullets, right? So they just outproduced, outmanufactured. So what I really think that we got to really process, and I think that the, I would love for you know some of the NBA guys and whoever, if they really want to do something to transform the community, I encourage them to use a different measuring stick to say, okay, we know how to build one school, right? A lot of us could do that, but how do we build a school system? How do we build? How do we build two hundred schools that are just like the first one? Uh, you got the models out there, like Muhammad University of Islam, uh, the Freedom Home Academy, uh, LeBron School is pretty good. I, I don't know anything much about it, but I hear it's great. Um, take that blueprint and 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 get a bill, you know, two billion, three billion dollars in funding from your corporate partners, and literally mass produce those schools all throughout the United States, so that you're educating thousands and thousands of kids, and that's where you go from the symbolic to the substantive. See, part of the reason that it's hard to win is because we don't have a systematic strategy. It's like football, right? Or you think about football, you can't really win a football. You can't win a Super Bowl with one great player. Right? <laughs> if you, you need a system. You need a team. You need tw 22 guys that are going on and off, 11 offense, 11 defense, all your special teams, all your coaches, all your processes, your whole routine, your your, your spring schedule. Like, like there's a whole – corporation damn near that a football coach has to run to create a championship team. It has to be organized and structured, right? So our approach, our uh, duel with white supremacy is one that is difficult because what you're going up against is you're going against one of the greatest, most impactful, industrialized superpowers <laughs> in the history of this earth. Like really, the, the industrial revolution and what they were able to do, like Henry Ford was like, okay, let's just make millions of these little Model T cars, and then he makes billions of dollars from that, right? Like, they're just good at making lots of the same thing over and over and over again. That's what we need to do. We need an army. You can't win a war with a super soldier. You win a war with an army with thousands and thousands of soldiers. That's my last point on this. Um, I hope everybody gets my point. And, uh, and I want to reiterate that I think LeBron James is awesome, and I'm very, very happy that he's making all this money. Um, and in, in fact, actually, I don't know what you think about this, Jeff, but I always felt like, look, I ain't gonna lie. I felt like Michael Jordan was kind of a prick. Um, and I feel like Kobe Bryant, as great as he was, I feel like he copied a little bit of that Jordan model. He, he's deceased, so I'm not gonna say nothing negative about Kobe because I like the guy. I really do. But I felt like LeBron kind of took it in a different direction. Like, even when you saw where he wanted to collaborate and he was like, 
He was like, why should I try to win a championship by myself? I can just go to Miami and yeah. and, and actually collaborate instead of competing. And the Jordans were like, and Jordans and Barclays were like, oh, that's a bunch of BS. You don't want to work. You know, you don't collaborate. I wouldn't get together with Barkley and Jordan. Well, maybe if you did, it would have been easier to win. Yeah. Right? I, like, yeah. I like that collaborative energy that he has. I've always felt like LeBron was a great teammate, not just on the court, but off the court. That's why he's got all these homeboys around him that are doing extremely well because he's doing well. Right. Yeah. That, that to me is, is personality. Like in sports, you can tell a guy's personality by how he plays. And LeBron, the big, the first thing I noticed about him as a player was besides his, his extreme um, intelligence and maturity for his age was that he just seemed to have the ability to make everyone better. You know, he, he could play a game, score zero points, but, you know, he was there because he was controlling that whole game and, and getting all his teammates involved. So that I, so I like the guy. What do you think? Yeah. No, yeah, he's he's a very smart dude. He's he's two two of his guys I talked about, Maverick Carter, and then his other guy, Rich Paul. Two of his like top business partner, Rich Paul's his agent, Maverick Carter's his main number one business guy. These guys didn't even go to college, right? Like these are guys that were homies of LeBron that that you know rolled LeBron's coattails for a while, and then now have branched off and and they're multimillionaires on their own, right? Maverick, I think Rich Paul has signed the most hundred million dollar contracts in the last few years in the NBA, and then Maverick Carter, like I said, is worth probably sixty million dollars by himself, no college degree, right? Like so, like these are what LeBron has been able to elevate. These men, if they've been able to elevate, now they're spreading their wings and and doing things that they probably never thought of when they were back in the hood in Akron, right? These guys are from Akron, Ohio. They're not from like. Chicago or Los Angeles or New York. No, these guys are from the hood of Akron, Ohio. They weren't very good at basketball besides LeBron and have been able to make, a, you know, a billion dollar empire essentially. So like, no, that he definitely is someone who, who is revolutionized. Then when I talk about revolutionizing, like I said, it's not just basketball, but like with his, with his investments, with his media companies, with his uh, things like that. NBA players are now LeBron James will not be the last billion dollar active athlete in the NBA. Why? Because he has now made it a trend. He's now made it fashionable. He's now made it almost mandatory to have investments outside of just playing basketball. At least the top guys like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, James Harden, these guys now have millions and millions of dollars of, of their NBA money tied up in investments. So these guys will all probably eventually be billionaires before the time they're, you know, way before Michael Jordan or, or Magic Johnson ever did it because LeBron has made it like almost like I said, mandatory to be invested outside of just the court. And now just like he made it, he's now made it mandatory in the NBA to really move into the mobility to, to go get a championship. Cause you're almost talked about if you take all the money and don't go play with a better team, right? Like you're almost talked about badly in the press. And that's because of the, the precedent that LeBron has set that was followed by Kevin Durant that has been followed by several other players since then. And so the same way he did that made mobility like really like forgiving and really normal in the NBA team players changing teams all the time to try to win championships. He has now made being a business man uh, normal and he's normalized that while being an active athlete. So it's, it's beautiful to see. Well, I'll tell you what, I love it. I love it. And, uh, and I have a lot of respect for this guy that I'm speaking with by the name of Jeff Lightsey Jr. Uh, Jeff is at the blackballschannel.com. Uh, he does a lot of commentary on sports and everything. And uh, really a lot of things, not even just sports. He, he's kind of, he kind of hits a lot of different topics and he's really great to watch. And, uh, you can also follow him on social media at jlightsey7. Uh, there's his social media. So find him on Instagram and everything else. Also, if you could please hit the thumbs up button, share button and subscribe button. And, uh, also those of you who want to know more about things like stock market investing, we actually have a free black stock market challenge, which is like a mini course you can go through absolutely free. And, uh, it'll get 
get you kind of moving on stock market investing, things like that. I'll send you five, uh, a sequence of five uh, projects uh, over a five day period that you can apply that'll get you going on stock market investing and, and give you pretty much what you need uh, to be an active investor. So, uh, so thank you guys for hanging out with us. It was great to see you. We love you. Uh, hit the thumbs up button on your way out and uh, we are out of here. See you soon. Take care. Peace.